Hello there, Sharks. I'm Jonathan Little for PokerCoaching.com, here today with a hand from The Hustler Casino Live. Make sure you check out their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash hustlercasinolive. They've been having some gigantic games, including this one. This is a 200, 200, 400, plus a $200 big blind anti-game. It's a mouthful. All right, today we're going to witness two of the absolute best cash game players in the world. Get in there and battle it out. First player we're looking at here is Garrett Adelstein. Absolute crusher. He has been around the game for forever. I played a decent amount with him in various games in LA a long time ago. And um, people love to watch him play poker, but uh, I do not like playing poker with him. He puts you in so many nasty scenarios, and he seems to just always make the right play. He's an absolute crusher and one of my favorite people to watch. His opponent in this hand, do you know who it is? Did the title of the video give it away? Probably. It's Tom Dwan. Tom Dwan, also sicko crusher, gets in there, battles hard. And whenever you have two people who battle hard against each other, whoo, it's a lot of fun. Let's take a look at this hand. I don't Tom's know if you were what. He opens it up to... Well, Tom and I were talking about, I can relate to some of that. Um, 1200 bucks. With the pocket jacks, perfectly fine and standard. Jarvis got jacks now. It looks like Garrett's going to do something. It only kind of works. Folds around to Garrett on the button with ace, queen, of diamonds. He opts to just call. Hmm, interesting spot. I actually don't know what you're supposed to do here. I'm going to use my handy-dandy charts at pokercoaching.com. I'm going to look up cutoff. Let's go to 200 big blinds deep. I know we're deeper than that. Cutoff versus raise from under the gun. Probably a call, right? Yeah, you mix it up. Call sometimes, three bet sometimes. Against under the gun, you see, you're actually supposed to be incredibly tight, which is something a lot of people do not do. It is worth noting, these charts presume there's an anti in play. I'm sorry, these charts presume there's no anti in play, and they presume there's a regular rake. These charts are designed for, like, live cash games or online cash games where there's no anti and a rake. In this 200, 200, 400 game with a small anti, um, you're going to be looser than this because there's effectively no rake. Whatever the rake is, it's minimal or negligible compared to the stakes. And there's an anti in play. So you're going to be a little bit looser. Like, suited aces are going to start playing. These suited connected hands are all going to be playing. The case queen also is going to be playing. Pairs are going to be playing. So you have to make sure you adjust the charts to whatever game you're playing. But anyway, we see ace-queen suited here definitely can mix it up. And you may say, why are we just calling with ace-queen suited? It's because the under-the-gun range should also be pretty strong. Um, that said, I, I think three-betting is fine because you can three-bet and then call a four-bet. So you can do whatever you want. Maybe he wants to bring some of those guys in the black I mean, hand. Usually, I, I'm not saying this is the case, but I, I've watched uh, Garrett navigate when he's where? up against a really... Sure creative, solid um, action player, places, yeah. he will navigate differently through the hand than he will somebody. Yep, and how big about hand, top, big hand. Well, top set for Durr, and Durr's going to check in. Garrett's got two of us? the yeah. gutter and the backdoor nut flush draw here. So Tom Dwan opts to check the flop with the top set. You may say, why in the world would you check top set? Don't you want to get money in the pot? And it's true, you do. The problem, though, is that whenever you have the top set, it's very, very hard for your opponent, Garrett, to have anything in this situation so you should probably just check you're going to find that if there is ever a hand to slow play out of position it is exactly top set this is not really the greatest spot to slow play because if you think about garrett's range it's gonna be a lot of hands that have some outs like king queen right queen nine suited nine eight suited eight seven suited all these hands are not dead the ideal time to slow play is whenever your opponent is drawing to a hand that is still behind if they improve but Obviously, that's not the case on this board. So I'm cool with checking, but 
I also just don't mind betting because if you bet any amount, your opponent in position is going to call. So I think you can go either way here. Now with the gut shot, does Garrett go for the bluff? Yeah, check it back. You can you can bluff it. This is a spot where I have to presume Tom's range when he checks out of position is going to be very well protected. Um, from a GTO point of view, you should be checking a lot from out of position. And when you are um, playing against a good, strong, aggressive player, you should be checking even more. So uh, you got to be a little bit careful bluffing it off here too often against Tom because I don't think he's going to be check folding flop very often. And that means we're going to be triple barreling this hand a lot. To be fair, we do have backdoor flush draw and, you know, gut shot to the nuts. So... Um, you, you have a lot of reasonable big uh, cards to continue barreling on, but you got to be a little bit careful here. So Tom Dewan's going to slow play. He does bluff. And it's possible that Garrett might bluff across multiple streets here. Remember, Garrett just called preflop. 1,500 into 3,400. Now, does Tom Dewan raise with the set? I think you can I think you can go for the raise if you feel inclined. When you face small bets, you should be way more inclined to raise than when you face bigger bets. Like right here, if Garrett bet you know, pot, I would be way more inclined to call because you want to keep all of his garbage in. But when he bets small, it's often an indicator of a like just generally wider range of, of including a lot of marginal-ish made hands that very often will not keep betting on the turn. When Garrett bets big on the flop, he's saying he's polarized, either very good hands or nothing to some extent. Nothing being draws and some total nothing. So when that's the case, he's going to keep uh, value betting his good hands on the turn plus a lot of the draws on the turn. But when he bets small on the flop, what often happens, at least from a GTO point of view, which maybe that's the world we are playing in, maybe it's not, whenever he bets small on the flop and Tom calls, the ranges get very close in strength. And that should result in Garrett not bluffing the turn all that often. I actually go through a ton of simulations to show this in my brand new cash game masterclass at pokercoaching.com. It'll be released very, very soon. But um, in the meantime, you can actually get five days of poker coaching premium for free. Costs you literally zero dollars. Check it out at pokercoaching.com slash five days free. I think the completely updated cash game masterclass will be released a little bit after the five day pass expires, but whatever. Get in there, study a ton, I know I've been studying a ton to make the best content I possibly can for all of you, and I'm excited to bring it to you. Check it out for free. PokerCoaching.com slash five days free. All right, what's Tom do? Call a raise. If, again, if there ever is a hand to slow play, it is top set. See what Durr's going to do. You can go either way. There's a call. Boy, if we see some diamond here on the turn. Oh, the turn's oh a king! God. The turn's a king, oh. and Garrett makes the hidden nuts here. Durr with... Jack, Jack, and he can't really be scared of King, King. No three-bet preflop, and you wouldn't even think Garrett has ace-queen oh, here. Nasty spot, huh? Just a run to Hands getting more and more ridiculous. here from This might be where Garrett. Durr is going to make. All right. Now, Tom checks turn, and Garrett then bets 5,000. Probably actually lucky for Tom, because if Garrett bets smaller, which he probably should not do with this hand, but if he did bet smaller, like, let's say 2,000, Tom would probably go ahead and put in the raise. But when he bets five, like I said, he's starting to polarize his range a bit, right? Which means he either has a really good hand, like a straight or two pair or something like that, that's going to keep betting the river and you don't want to get it in against straights, clearly. Or he has some sort of draw, probably a random queen, a random ace, maybe just some absolute <laughs> nonsense hand. Um, so you really want to keep those in the pot. So this is a spot where now I think Tom has a very, very easy call. You may think, why not raise? We have the set. Because at this point, we could be beat. And when you're deep stacked out of position you have to be quite protective in scenarios where you could just be drawing very thin 
and you're going to be stuck paying off a lot of money. These players are very, very deep stacked. You know, 400 big blinds deep to start, start in the hand. Move too. I'm sure he had planned on check raising at some point, but now he's just going to call. So he obviously has outs. And the river's oh! a jack! So Tom Dwan makes quads here. He now has the best hand. Wow. Garrett with the ace queen. Do you lead with the quads? No, 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 no. No leading here. Easy, easy check. The times you want to lead are when the turn and or river greatly increase your equity slash expected value. And, you know, while this is obviously a good card for Tom, you have to presume Garrett's going to keep bluffing with some of his bluffs. And also, if he is sitting here with a hand like a straight or even a hand like ace-king or king-queen, he may continue value betting. So this is definitely a spot to check, especially when Garrett bets big on the turn. If Garrett bets small on the turn, maybe you could consider leading, assuming you check call, but you wouldn't have done. But when he bets big on the turn, his range, uh, Garrett's range should be quite polarized on the river to really good hands that are obviously going to value bet or garbage hands that will feel somewhat inclined to bluff. That is only 16.4K because there was no three bet. It was just a check call, check call. What a sick river. What is Durr thinking about here? He is going to check. What's his sizing? If you ever watched Garrett play, if ever had the uh, displeasure of playing with Garrett. He enjoys using lots and lots and lots of overbets. This is an interesting spot because I don't think a regular human can get away with going for a giant overbet here because while your opponent's range does have some jacks, a lot of people will just start folding out stuff like one pair, like a king or a 10, which you're really trying to get called by, um, which means when you do get action, you're gonna be against full houses. And I have to presume full houses and uh, you know some quads are in Tom's range. That said, Garrett, really gets after it with the overbets, and I think that results in some people calling wider than they should against him. So if you know your particular opponents call wider than they you know, should against you, then you can go wider for value, right? So I would, I would not be shocked to see Garrett go for the overbet here, even though it's kind of dicey because he, he does not have the nuts. You have to be careful going for a... Um, like a GTO ratio, assuming you're perfectly polarized in spots like this, because some of your value hands are going to lose. And this is actually a good example of it where you think the ace queen's good, but every once in a while you lose. So like, let's just say you're going to pot it here with a perfectly polarized range. You could have two thirds value and one third bluffs, right? But if all of your value hands do not win every time, you now have to have fewer bluffs. Like maybe, I don't know what the right ratio is, ratio is but call it like 70 value bets, 30 bluffs or... 75, 25, something like that. So whenever you are structuring your river ranges like this, realize even though ace-queen's like really good, it's not actually the nuts. So you don't actually get to bluff as often as you may think you do. At least from a GTO point of view. Sizing probably going to be about 15, usually bets 16K. Large. Yeah, looks like at least. 25,000 oh here wow. with the overbet. And now for Dwan, what is his sizing? That's a good question. That's a good question for all of you. What is Tom Dwan sizing in this spot? His opponent bet 25,000 into the 16,000 pot, sizable overbets. They are playing with $217,000 behind. This is not a tournament. This is a cash game. Real money. The cost of a house or a really fancy car or an NFT. What would you do in this scenario? Would you raise tiny? like minimum to 50? Would you raise medium to something like 70? Would you raise pretty big to something like 150? Or would you go all in for the whole load? Pause the video and write what you would do 
in the comment section below. All right, fun spot. You have to ask in this scenario, what does Garrett's range look like? And I think when Garrett goes this size, he's gonna have a lot of very, very good hands and garbage. So we don't really care about trying to get value from a hand like a king by min raising, right? So we are trying to get value from straights and full houses. How much will a full house call? First things first, are there any full houses available? Well, he can't have jack 10 or king jack, which are the most logical ones. So you're really looking at only pocket fours and pocket tens. He may have pocket kings every once in a while, but remember he didn't three bet preflop, right? So kings is, uh, the kings are very unlikely. So we're looking at tens or fours. And there's only six combinations of those. So those are pretty unlikely. Um, the question is, would he bet a straight like this? If he would bet a straight like this, then there's a lot of straights available, right? He could easily have almost every ace queen. He could definitely have queen nine suited, right? So there's 20-ish combinations potentially available of straights. And then he may also decide to sporadically hero call with a hand like king-queen, blocking the full house, blocking the straight, right? I think that might be viable, maybe reasonable. So the question is, if I if we jam it all in, will he find calls with ace-queen or queen-nine or pocket fours or pocket tens? And I think given the fact that Tom could easily have king-jack here or pocket kings, because king-jack's definitely a reasonable hand to check the flop and check call, Check call a polarized turn bet. Here we are on the river, right? Given, I think Tom does just have a whole lot of nuts in his hands and really not a ton of obvious bluffs because think about the bluffs that would like, that are like obviously bluffs here. There really aren't a lot besides 9-8 and, you know, 9-8's not a great card, a great hand to bluff because it has no relevant blockers. If you're going to bluff the river here, by the way, you probably want to bluff with stuff like queen 10, if I had to guess, because queen 10 blocks jack 10 and pocket 10s, right? It also blocks the straights, which means you're more likely to be against trips or just a king. Although, to be fair, King's probably not going to go for the overbet. But maybe, maybe, I mean, again, I don't know how wide Garrett's going. So anyway, this is a spot where Tom has a lot of nuts and Garrett has almost none or relatively few super nuts, especially when Tom has a hand like this, right? He blocks them all. So I think you just have to go small. It's annoying. You want to go for a gigantic all-in, especially against a player like Garrett, who may, um, you know, presume you may be overbattling yourself. But given the card removal effects of the jacks here, it's just like, what can he have? He must have something marginal. So I think you have to go on the small side. Like 70k. I don't think you want to go like 150. That's what's going to get a lot of folds too. I think I think the only good options here are either all in or 70. And depending on the dynamic you two have together, like if, if Garrett has ever caught Tom running some insane bluff, like check raise all in for 10 times the bet on the river, eight times the bet, then uh, the all in starts to become quite nice, right? Because it might get paid off almost as much as a 70,000 raise. But I think in any normal scenario, you just have to go small here. Because you almost know that Garrett's not going to have King, King, or 10-10 here. Another tough decision coming here for Garrett. That's the problem, is that he can't really have a whole lot of kings, and he may not even have 10s, right? That's the real problem. To be fair, let's go back to these charts. What does 10s do preflop? 10s mostly calls preflop. So, you know, not going to say he does. He can't have the 10s. I think he actually should have the 10s a lot. Um, notice 4s, like I said, uh, they would be in your range if you were calling a little bit wider because of the ante and no rake. So fours will be in your range too. So those exist, but it's only six combinations. By the way, you can get these charts. They're included at pokercoaching.com in your free five-day pass. Check it out at pokercoaching.com slash five days free. It's right there in the tools section. You can download the app. You can use it on your phone. Nice and easy way to consistently reference the charts and improve your skills. Let's see what Tom does. 
I was going to put the time chip in, which you talked a little bit about, Nick, last night, where Durst put, he's going to put the time chip in, and then he's going to race. Yeah. Yeah, I always see that as a huge sign of strength. Commentator says he sees put in a time chip, time chip and then raise as a huge, huge sign of strength. And I generally agree with that. That said, do we think a world-class player like Tom Dwan has some sort of insanely bad tell where when you put in the time chip and raise, you just have the nuts? I'm going to presume he doesn't. Um, and when you're playing a game, by the way, where they do use time chips, I realize this is becoming much more and more, like more and more common, right? They often give you enough to where you can use a few of them unnecessarily to some extent. Um, like right here on the river, if you know you're going to need time on the river in general, and you know you're not going to be facing triple barrels very often, and they give you, it looks like, six or eight time chips, it may be fine to just put in one every time you get in a spot if you actually do know that you want some time. That said, I really only use my time chips when considering calling um, for the most part. I don't know why. Maybe that's not necessarily good. Um, but I, I usually stick the bluffs out pretty quick and I stick the value bets out pretty quick and uh, hopefully that's balanced enough. My fear is that we find ourselves in a spot like this and we only or mostly put the, the time chips in when you're raising, which for, for value, which would clearly be a big problem. He's got 80,000 in his hand, so he's going to go to 80, I believe. Right around 80. Small raise, right? Well, 68. Call it medium. So 68,000. Now Garrett's in a pickle. What do you do with the ace-queen here? What an annoying spot. The problem is, like I said, Tom could just easily have kings, jacks, slow played tens, and king-jack. There are so many nuts in his range. And even if you think of the hands that might turn themselves into bluff, it's like queen 10 suited, king queen suited maybe, right? King queen offsuit maybe. Even then, that's 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 combinations. It's like not a lot. And he probably won't use all of them as bluffs. So unless Tom's just absolutely insane, which yeah, maybe he is, <laughs> this is an annoying spot, but I think it's, it's just a fold against most humans. I, I, we're, we're keeping tally here on the YouTube channel about how many times we've seen check raise bluffs or raises on the river I'm sorry. We're keeping track of how many times we have seen river raises or check raises be bluffs. And um, it's basically never. It's basically never. How much air in that? I was like about to put no more money in. I was like right there. Then now I'm like trying to convince myself of a reason to put a few more bucks in here. Still leaning against it. I don't know. It's just so strong when Dirt check raises the over bet yeah. by Garrett. He bet 25k in the 15. I think I think Garrett's going to talk himself into letting this go. What's he going to do? I am right. Fold. Oh, and he Wow, he goes, I'll just pay him, and then he says, fold. Go. Nice, nice fold by Garrett. A lot of people can't make that fold there, but Garrett's a survivor. Did you know Garrett was on Survivor, the TV show? I love Survivor. Did you know that I actually have been on Survivor for one second? I played a poker game with five other winners of Survivor. They filmed it, and then they made a uh, poker alliance when all those players were on because they were all champions. They had all the champions on the game to play again, and they made a poker alliance, and they showed footage from the game, and they showed me on Survivor for one second. Probably the closest I'll ever get. If the Survivor casting people are watching, I would like to come on, and I will win. That's going to be it for today. Hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, click the like and subscribe button below. 
Also, take advantage of the free five-day pass at pokercoaching.com slash five days free. Make use of it. I work hard. All the other people at Poker Coaching work hard to bring you the absolute best high-level educational content available. So check it out completely for free. Talk to you next time. What's big, green, and gives you the freedom to do whatever you want? Yeah, it's money. And if you want to start your journey to a big pile of money, click the subscribe button right over here. See you in the next video.